Today, I'm here with podcast host Sarah Martin, who's tried all kinds of strategies to promote her podcast, from interview swaps to YouTube cross-promotion. But the problem is, which strategies are actually working? It's hard to see a clear link between Sarah's efforts and her downloads. So today we're here to talk about which strategies make the most sense for Sarah moving forward, plus a few tips on measuring the success of each one and when it could make sense to start paying to advertise your podcast. It's all coming up in today's episode of Wit & Wire. Welcome to Wit & Wire, where we take you behind the scenes to learn how to start and scale a successful podcast that makes an impact. I'm your host, Melissa Guller, a podcast producer, host, and instructor on a mission to amplify and diversify voices in podcasting. No matter how new or seasoned you are as a host, I can't wait to help you find more listeners, expand your audience, build authentic connections, and hit the charts. Sarah, I'm so excited to have you. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do and what your podcast is about? Sure thing. And I'm so excited to be here, Melissa. My name is Sarah Martin. I'm a certified sex coach and sociologist, and I am the host of the Sexual Craftsmanship Podcast, which is the podcast for men in STEM who struggle with dating, sex, and relationships. I have to ask before we dive into some advice, how did you first get into this field? That is a long and winding story. The short version is I burned out on a corporate job at the end of 2014. And when I was thinking to myself, you know, if I could do anything, like if money wasn't an object, what would I want to do? And the answer that kept coming up for me was work in sex. (laughs) So like, how do you even do that? So I did a bit of research and digging and found out that, yes, there's a field called sexology. And yes, you can work and help people with this part of their lives. And So I signed up for training, and that was the beginning of something beautiful. I think that's the shortest way to to tell that story. Well, we'll keep it short because hopefully people will follow you and check out your podcast, and that's where they can really get into all the details. Mm -hmm. But for today, I'm excited to hear a little more about your podcast and what you've done so far. So can you tell us kind of your podcast history to date? Sure. So... I have wanted to start my own podcast for years now, because for a long time, I was an occasional co-host on a friend's podcast, and she did all of the audio editing and all of the post-production, so I was a bit intimidated by all of that. And then in July this year, I said, you know what, <laughs> Like, let's actually do it. I'd purchased a microphone and a boom arm and all the stuff I needed to set up ages ago, probably back in, I don't know, December 2019 or something like that. So the intent had been there. And then, yeah, I finally just did it and dove in. So it was July 2020. I started the podcast and it's been every single week since then. And a huge congratulations on that because at this point we're recording roughly six months later and even having your podcast up for that long and getting consistent is no small feat. But before we dive into some strategies for you, I'm curious, now that you've been at it, do you have any advice for people who are just getting started or thinking about starting a podcast? It's so easy to get bogged down in choice, right? The the paradox of choice, which microphone, which boom arm, which audio editing software, which hosting platform. My advice is 
find somebody that you trust, which actually was you, Melissa, I downloaded your checklist. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to choose from what she's outlined here and just go with it and see what happens. And I'm so glad I did. So that would be my word of advice is, you know, you you just got to make those choices. And it's not like you're signing an endless contract. You can always change later if it's not working for you. Yeah, I think in particular, knowing that it's not permanent, like you said, you can change it at any time is such a relief. And I think that's a great tip. So since starting in July, I checked uh, Simplecast today and I can see I've had 1,800 downloads since the podcast launched. And that's kind of great. I've not done any sort of paid marketing or campaigns like that. I've, I've let my audience know about it, though I have an email list of about 100 people, so it's not massive. And so on the one hand, I'm like, yay, you know, it's been listened to 1800 times. And then on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but I want way more people to listen to my podcast. So I'm thinking for 2021, I would really like to have the podcast be the principal way that I'm connecting with my audience, that I'm delivering content to the world, that I'm calling in my people. And I'm looking for some strategies because I'm doing the thing I did before starting the podcast. (laughs) You know, how you do anything tends to be how you do everything. I'm here in this loop of, you know, do I do paid promotion? Do I do ads? Do I just do a bunch of, you know, collaborations and episode swaps with other podcasters? Do I, do I, do I, do I? And it's, I'm not sure which direction to go or what's going to work. And I'm a bit hesitant to throw a lot of money at something when I'm still a bit clueless about it, if that makes sense. It does. And honestly, I can totally relate. I think anybody with a podcast or business probably knows the feeling of there are so many strategies out there and so much advice. And I often say this, but it's not that we're choosing between good advice and bad advice. It's that we have to choose between good advice and good advice because you just can't do all of it and certainly not all at once. So I think today it'll be fun to talk through maybe what you've tried so far, but then also really think about what would work for your podcast specifically. And I hope that people tuning in get something out of the conversation, but I don't want the takeaway to be that what we decide could work for you would work for everyone. I think that's kind of the crux of all online marketing is that it varies a ton based on your personality, your listener, what your topic is. And so I'm excited to talk through some options, but I at least know for me that it can be very paralyzing to just see all the things that I think I should be doing and then possibly doing none of them. Yeah, the reign of shoulds is damp and unpleasant. Yes, well said. All right, let's talk a little bit about what you've done so far. I know you said, you know, not too much and not any paid efforts, but I also believe you've been posting to YouTube. Maybe we can talk a little bit about what you've done with that and with social. Oh, yeah. So I cross post every episode to YouTube because I know a portion of my audience doesn't use podcast players, but they are on YouTube a lot. I have a subreddit as well, where I'm also posting every episode and engaging with listeners and getting episode ideas. And 
that's been a really nice forum and a way to interact and get to know my people. I did a couple of episode swaps. So where someone came on my podcast for an interview, and then I went on theirs for an interview. So we cross pollinated in that way, which again was fun, but I'm not sure. It's hard to tell sometimes what the results of any of this are. Mm -hmm. I think you hit on a lot of important things. One is that it is kind of challenging to understand which of your efforts are leading to downloads, and we can chat more about that. The other is that when you are publishing to YouTube, for some people, I think that can be a great strategy because, like you said, you're reaching more people who maybe wouldn't be using the apps. But it does get a little tricky because it's not technically counted as a download. So now you have info in YouTube, info in your host, Simplecast, and they don't really talk to each other. So everything that we've talked about so far is what is usually called owned media. And those are places on the internet where you have a profile or a site. So your website, your email list, social platforms, a YouTube platform, these are all places that you control your own content. And you did mention episode swaps, which I want to come back to, but I just wanted to point out, this is kind of the realm where most podcasters focus like 90 to 100% of their efforts. It's like perfecting the Instagram grid, which is not something you mentioned, but is something that comes up a lot or just figuring out how many times to post per week. But the problem with that is you'll only reach the people who already know about you. So what I want to chat about are ways to get you in front of new audiences. And you did mention that you did an episode swap. You interviewed each other and then you each released your own episode on your own podcast. Is that what you guys did? Yep, that's right. Usually it's kind of a best guess when it comes to analytics, but the hope would be that on the day your episodes will go live, you would each see a small bump in your total downloads because usually new listeners who find you might poke around in other episodes too. So the impact of a partnership is usually not only one episode, but on your whole catalog. So it's a little bit of a, a rough guess, but usually you should hope to see like a small spike the day someone promotes you or the day you do a swap. I, I pay a lot of attention to that unique listeners number that I see. So there's the total downloads, which is definitely connected to my ego. And at the same time, there's that that other number, which suggests to me the number of people that are regularly tuning in or you know have engaged with the podcast for the first time and keeping an eye on that number. That seems to be more or less steady growth over time. I had, once again, more listens on YouTube. So that is a recurring theme. And with one of the other guests, like I said, I had a really big spike. But it's only one, right? I've just done this once with one person. Which is important because doing something once, whether it's this strategy or really any strategy, is usually not enough to say, yes, it's a winner or no, let's write it off forever. Are you thinking that you'd want to continue trying episode swaps to just start there. Yeah. And with this person in particular, it was a lot of fun. So I would love to do that again. And more broadly, yes. And it's sort of about who am I going to swap with? I think with the swaps, there's also kind of two strategies we could talk about. One is doing an interview swap where you interview them, they interview you, and you have your independent episodes that release on the same day. 
But another strategy is also to do what's called a promo swap, where you each have roughly a one minute kind of an ad for your podcast. And you would swap those and you would play it near the beginning of your episode, almost sounding like an ad, like, hey, here's actually a podcast that I'm really loving that I thought you guys would enjoy. Here's more about podcast name here. So there are two different strategies. And have you tried the promo swap approach yet? No, I haven't. So would you do that before every episode? Or would you do that just periodically? Or how do people do that? I've seen both. So it kind of runs in the same spot that some people put sponsorship ads. But even if your podcast has never run ads, and even if you never want to run ads for a true product, this strategy can still work really well. So the way it usually fits in is that maybe you have the first minute is your regular podcast intro. But then Mm -hmm. before you get into the content, you would say, even literally, you might say out loud, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to introduce you to one of my new favorite podcasts from my friend, whomever. Take a listen. And then you just play the one minute role of their promo swap, which you get from them. And then you go into your episode afterwards. And you could try just doing it a couple of times to see how it goes. So it's not the kind of strategy that has to be done in every episode or done in zero episodes. You could just kind of see when the right opportunities come up. But what I like about this strategy compared to doing an interview swap, which I also love, is just that promo swaps take a lot less effort for both parties. So if you already have a promo swap ready to go, you can reach out to a pretty large group of podcasts who maybe have a similar topic, but maybe they don't. Maybe they just have a similar audience. And I think that's really where it can become powerful because podcast listeners are people who are most likely to want to listen to more podcasts. So by putting yourself on a podcast, you're already getting in front of a hotter audience. And then typically are folks paying for this or is it just a like for like swap in terms of how many episodes you run the promo reel on or? Good question. It is usually just no payment exchanged because you're both ideally benefiting from the swap. So you are playing theirs, they are playing yours, so you're both benefiting. I could see maybe a use case where if they didn't want to do a swap and you wanted to run your ad on a podcast and it was the absolute perfect fit and you knew they had a sizable audience, I could see it being worth paying, I don't know, 50 bucks for a certain audience size or $100 for a huge podcast, but I would say that's the exception to the rule. Most of the time, this would just be like a mutual exchange. Okay. I like that. That's a really great idea. Thank you, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Of course. And what I like about promo swaps, like I said, is that it is low time commitment for both parties. But what I like about interview swaps, where you actually fully go on each other's shows, is that people in their audience do get to know you a little bit better. And there's a strategy that a lot of YouTubers use, which I think podcasters are going to start to adopt, which is that the interviews are unique, but maybe one is a part one and one is a part two. Mm. Like at the beginning of the part two episode, you say, we just had a great chat over on my friend Sarah's podcast and we talked about this. So make sure you check it out. There's a link in the show notes. And then you go into the episode. And at the same time, on the part one episode, you say, I'm so excited to be here with my friend Sarah. We're actually going to do a part two about blank 
on her podcast, and it's also live today. So make sure you check it out. There's a link in the show notes. And that way you're incentivizing people to tune into both episodes. Hmm. Any suggestions in terms of length? Could that be part of it too? Because we kind of did like standard hour-long chats with each other. Is that too long when they're both airing on the same day? Very interesting question. Like, I get a lot of podcast questions around length of episodes. I would say if both of your audiences are already listening to you for an hour regularly, adding one more hour-long podcast to their playlist is not going to be a huge you know, burden for them. But if you wanted, you could try shorter episodes. You could try doing even a shorter bonus episode where you get to just chat with them and say, here's my friend. Let's learn a little bit more about what they do and at the end promote their podcast. But I would say by and large, sticking to the same format that you usually use for your podcast is a safe bet. Okay. Well, because my podcast tends to be shorter than that when it's solo episodes. So maybe there's something to that as well. Thanks for that. And I'm just curious, what about paid advertising or sponsorship? Is there a good benchmark for when in sort of your podcasting journey is a good time to do that? I'm wary of jumping the gun too early and also if it's an efficient way to to let more people know the podcast exists, I don't want to just turn my nose up at it because I'm still relatively new. So in this case, are you talking about having sponsors on your show or you're wondering about you paying to promote your podcast in other formats? So me paying to promote my podcast. I know I don't want to have sponsors on my show. I'm open to promo swaps with somebody that I would be open to inviting on my podcast in the first place. So I really love that idea. More, how do I get my podcast in more ears? Makes perfect sense. So when you think about your own paid efforts, are there any that have already come to mind for you that you're curious about? Or are you kind of starting at a blank slate wondering what the options even are? I've heard of a couple services where you can advertise on other people's podcasts by paying for it. I mean, I suppose I could set up a landing page and drive Google Ads traffic to it, though that would be really fishing in a big sea of people. And I don't know how well or not that would convert. I've done that for other activities in my business, but never to promote the podcast. Mm -hmm. I think that paid efforts for a podcast are tricky. I think they can work really well. But the tricky part is just that it's harder perhaps to measure the impact. Because if you're driving an ad, let's say for a business, you could be measuring based on things like leads captured or Mm -hmm. purchases. But in this case, since we're talking about probably a main metric of increasing our listeners or our downloads, it can be a little harder to justify the price. But I think there are a couple places where you could look. So the first strategy, which you mentioned, is to be an ad on other podcasts. I think before I would pay for that, I would probably try the promo swap approach because other podcasters are looking for promotion just as much as you are. So I think there's Mm -hmm. a good chance that they would be excited about, instead of receiving money, receiving the opportunity to be in front of your audience. So you could try both strategies. I think it'd be really interesting to see if you ended up paying for a spot on theirs and they did not want it in exchange, how that goes for you. Uh, But that's Mm -hmm. one route. Another route is to boost posts on social platforms. So it looks the same 
as a Facebook or an Instagram ad at times or even LinkedIn. But what some podcasters do is they have two different opportunities where they boost information about their podcast. So one is often when they launch or when they launch a new season. And I've seen people promote Instagram ads about introducing my new podcast to build up hype around their launch day. And what's kind of nice about boosted posts is that they're not terribly expensive. So it can be an interesting strategy to try out on a smaller budget, even if it's harder to measure the outcome. The other strategy is to boost a specific episode. And I've seen that strategy used most commonly for episodes that you're particularly excited about, whether it's a bigger name guest and you think that that might get clicks or just an episode that you know is one of the biggest questions that your listeners have, because ultimately you know that it's going to be in front of more people than usual. So it should be a topic that you think might get more clicks than your average episode. So you can promote on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, I think, but I'm not entirely sure that's the one I think you might not be able to boost anything for. But definitely also Pinterest, you can boost pins. And on LinkedIn, I think you can boost content. But a strategy like that, what do you think about trying out boosting? So I know 100% I cannot on Instagram or Facebook because of the content that I talk about. Shout out to anybody else in sexuality support. It's, it's a hard life on some social platforms. I know I could advertise on Reddit so I could promote the subreddit as a way to draw listeners. And I hadn't even really thought about that until you were talking about boosting. So that's helpful. Oh, yeah. And Reddit actually is a really powerful forum that I know a lot of podcasters have found success with. I know you mentioned you have, is it your own subreddit? Yeah, I do. And do you also kind of participate in other forums and other subreddits too? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a I'm a Reddit native. Like, I, I love it there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking about your audience. And the reason why I asked is because you talked about largely speaking with men in STEM and mm-hmm. – not to overgeneralize, but as marketers, sometimes we have to paint with broad strokes. A lot of men in STEM do hang out on Reddit. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that you would be chatting about your podcast there. And I know the rules of promotion are different in different places, but I do think it'd be interesting for you to try boosting in Reddit, actually. That could be something to try. And I mean, YouTube video ads are also comparatively not that expensive, though I don't know how that would go over on that platform, but I could certainly look. And is there anything like this on Twitter? Do you know? I actually don't know. It is a great question. I'm not going to pretend to be a Twitter expert, Um, but I think that it would be interesting to explore. And certainly if anybody listening has any info, I would love to bring a Twitter expert onto the podcast. So hit me up at Witten Wire. Thinking also about YouTube, I know we mentioned doing swaps with podcasters, but I also just wanted to bring up that podcasters are not the only people with audiences. So you could also think about doing swaps with a YouTube channel owner or a blogger because the key isn't necessarily, oh, only podcasters can chat with each other. It's more about the fact that if you can put yourself in front of relevant audiences, that's ultimately how your podcast would grow. So maybe there's a YouTuber who would want to interview you. Or if not, maybe a YouTuber would want to give you a shout out at the beginning of one of their videos in exchange for you giving their channel a shout out at the beginning of your podcast. So it expands the world of options a little bit more to think about other people producing other types of content too. Cool. I like that idea. 
So I want to talk about some maybe tangible types of people that you could be reaching out to, whether they're a podcaster, a YouTuber, anything really. What kinds of people or topics do you think could make good partners for your podcast? So there's one. I I don't have an immediate answer to that. And that's okay. We can kind of chat through some options and maybe I can offer some feedback on different types of people you could reach out to. Sure. So, so far I've been looking at adjacent related-ish podcasts, so who are also speaking about sex and relationships. I would love to get myself on some technology podcasts, though I fail to see what my inroad might be there, especially if they're principally talking about data security or machine learning or learning to program because I could see it just looking like an audience grab, uh, potentially. Though, to be fair, a lot of people who produce content like that, it would be of interest to my audience. So maybe that's a, a me thing, a mindset thing rather than a reality thing. Yeah. And I think probably it's true of some tech podcasters or content creators, but probably not all of them. And so Better to let them reject you than you count yourself out before you've even put your hat in the ring. Well, that would be even better, really, than other sex and relationship podcasters because, you know, I don't necessarily want all of my audience going everywhere else for that information. Though, of course, there's lots of brilliant people, which is why the ones that I have connected with in that respect, they're people I definitely want my audience to know about. So I'm I'm really choosy there. Maybe a little bit less choosy when it comes to technology podcasts, because it's we're not operating in the same space, even though we're talking very often to the same people. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for working with people who are directly in line with what you do. So for you, it would be talking to other people in sex and relationships. For me, it would be talking to other people in podcasting. But there's also a real benefit to talking with what's called like indirect audiences. So Usually you have the same listener, but you talk about something totally different. So technology, even for you, I think you mentioned chatting with introverted men as an ideal audience. So I could even see self-improvement podcasts or anything even around like health and wellness. Any of those that are targeting your same audience could also be a good fit. Potentially, yes. And there I would still have a bit more choosiness just because self-improvement, personal development. It's a pretty broad tent and I don't like everybody under the tent. (laughs) So yes. But you know what's good about that is that other people can go under other tents. You can just pick the tents that you like. You do still have full autonomy over this. You can be really picky about which exact podcasts you want to reach out to. And I think especially when you have what I'm calling this like indirect link to each other, That's when the promo swap can be really powerful because both of you would still have the confidence that the other podcast is good and that you're talking to the same person, but maybe you wouldn't have to go so far out of your comfort zone of the content of your episode Mm -hmm. to fit in you talking about technology or them talking about sex and relationships. That's a really good point. I like that as an idea. That's a very concrete takeaway. Great. And I think that hopefully listeners too can take a lot out of this conversation because no matter what topic any of you are using on your own podcast, certainly there are other podcasts that would be maybe considered direct competition, talking about exactly what you talk about to exactly the people you talk to. But 
broadening the horizon about who you can partner with and even in what way, I think makes a huge difference because promo swap, interview swap, even just kind of trying to be featured on somebody's blog, the amount of crossover that you need for these partnerships is different depending on what you're talking about and for how long you're talking about it. So I'm glad to hear that this has been helpful so far. Oh, definitely. I've got lots of ideas cooking now, which is a wonderful feeling. Great. So I know we are going to start wrapping up. Do you want to maybe recap what some of the main things that you know you're excited to try are kind of thinking ahead to 2021? So I'm loving this idea of promo swaps in part because it's so simple. Getting together a one minute audio reel is a lot easier than outlining and preparing for 60 plus minutes of conversation plus all the editing that follows that. So there's something that feels really light about that. Plus, I could reach out to a lot more people. And, you know, maybe I need a couple of different promo reels, depending on who I'm reaching out to. And it won't be that onerous to produce them. I think that's a great point about having multiple reels. Maybe there are even just two that you could start with, I think that could make a huge difference. Kind of the way that people might tailor a resume when they're applying to slightly different jobs. That's kind of how I'm taking this piece of advice from you, which I think is a really great tip. Oh, yeah. It's exactly in that vein, isn't it? The customizing to the folks that you reach out to. I mean, that's in general where I've had a lot of success with the people that I have reached out to for collaborations of one sort or another is tailoring that outreach. So I guess that carries over to this idea too. I also think I'll go ahead and advertise my subreddit on Reddit because that most of the ads I've seen on Reddit are basically advertising other subreddits anyway. I already know I can advertise on Reddit. My content won't get throttled because I happen to talk about human sexuality, which is a frustration. Uh, definitely. And this feels like, okay, I don't need to be frustrated about that because my people aren't on Instagram and Facebook anyway. So I'm just not going to worry about it. I think that's actually really important that you said they're not on Instagram and Facebook and you're not going to worry about it because I think there's this pressure to be in all the places and do all the things. But instead for you really focusing on one and going like probably both quality and quantity in one platform is going to yield a lot bigger of a result than if you tried to spread yourself thin over everything. Yeah. And I can dabble with, I'm curious about Twitter. I'm also halfway curious about LinkedIn, even though it's really out of left field, I wonder, because LinkedIn doesn't seem to be quite as hardcore as Facebook and Insta. And I hadn't ever really thought of it, but then people put their jobs. So it would be quite straightforward to, to have a display ad shown to people who work in technology. So I don't know why I hadn't thought of that before either. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But I'm I'm feeling here both a couple of really concrete things like the promo swaps as like a, a no-brainer, I'm definitely going to do this. And then when it comes to paid advertising, I'm wondering about just boost maybe an episode on a couple of different platforms and then make a call from there. Because at this point, I don't know because I've never tried doing it before. I think a great takeaway from this too is that there's, like you said, one definite strategy to put a little energy into that could probably have a big return. But I do think it's important to just try little things that may or may not work because ultimately with podcasting, what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for everyone. But unless you try 
honestly, quite a few things. You'll probably never know which strategies work best. So I'm excited to see where all of these different strategies take you. And I do hope to hear that maybe some of them have panned out. I will for sure keep you in the loop, Melissa. That would be great. Now, before we go, where can listeners learn more about you and check out your podcast? So my podcast is available everywhere fine podcasts are found. So if you have a search for sexual craftsmanship, C-R-A-F-T-S-M-A-N-S-H-I-P on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Uh, You can also find the podcast over on YouTube by searching Sexual Craftsmanship. And you can check out the website over at sexualcraftsmanship.com. Thank you so much for joining us this week. To learn more about Sarah's business and podcast, Sexual Craftsmanship, check out the show notes at witandwire.com slash 26. If you're looking for the podcast launch checklist Sarah mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you'll find it at witandwire.com slash checklist. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Wit and Wire, in the app you're currently using to tune in. Subscribing means that you'll get in-app alerts right when new episodes are released. And next week's episode is all about Clubhouse and how I think it will affect podcasters. So it should be a good one. Until then, thank you again for joining me, Melissa Guller, in this episode of Wit & Wire. I'll see you next time, podcasters.